Welcome to the Inspire Radio Podcast. This podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the many inspirational and thought-provoking interviews first broadcast on Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio brings you inspirational interviews, news events, workshops and seminars, plus great music too. Online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Inspire Radio is your truly feel-good radio station. For more information and to listen to Inspire Radio, why don't you check out inspireradio.co.uk. Check out our Facebook page too, where we've got details of events on there. Our Facebook page is at Inspire Radio UK. Now sit back and enjoy this Inspire Radio podcast. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. So you're listening to Inspire Radio. Now, you know, we bring you inspirational guests, thought-provoking interviews from across the world. Now, here's something that, um, to be honest, I never thought that I'd be talking about. But uh, I met a wonderful guy, uh, a guy called Chris recently uh, from the Leprosy Mission. And uh, Chris shared some uh, really great information, uh, quite thought-provoking, actually. So Chris joins me on the line now. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm good. well, thank you. Yeah, good, good, good to chat to you. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say, uh, Chris, you know, the listeners of Inspire Radio, many, many, including me, when, when we first met, uh, thought that leprosy had sort of disappeared from the planet. Um, but you tell me different with the great work that you do. So tell me more about just how many people are affected by leprosy across the world and in what countries? Sure. So firstly, to say it's, it's completely fair to say that the word leprosy to most people sounds like something that we don't hear much about in this day and age. We haven't had it in the UK for about 200 years in terms of native cases of, of leprosy in this country. But sadly, leprosy still affects at least 10 million people around the world that we know about. Um, we estimate that there are many more millions too, um, but because of stigma around leprosy, people often don't come forward to admit that they have it because leprosy really affects people's well-being very deeply. And every year, about 200,000 people are newly diagnosed with leprosy for the first time. So sadly, it's a big issue worldwide. The, the top three countries in terms of the most leprosy, sadly, are India, Brazil and Indonesia. So it is a problem around the world and not just in one part. Wow. The leprosy mission works in... Um, particular in 10 countries, five in Africa and five in Asia, to bring the cure and transformation of life to those with leprosy. So, so Chris, what, what is leprosy? Mm. What, is it's it a, a virus? It's a bacterial skin disease. Um, so the way that leprosy affects people is that it actually affects the nerves. So when people think of leprosy, they think of mainly of the skin sometimes of seeing sadly people with disabilities but actually it's it's primarily a nerve issue and that causes people to stop being able to feel pain so if you imagine you, all the daily things that you do cooking gardening and um, things for your hobbies work so much we rely on using our hands and our feet and sadly for people with leprosy if you don't realize you've burnt yourself and if you haven't been educated to know that if you get burnt or injured 
then you need to seek help because you think I haven't felt pain. Um, I don't think anything's wrong. Then sadly, people can develop disabilities. So we're really passionate about finding people with leprosy early enough that they don't develop any of these disabilities. And when people particularly don't have good footwear um, or any footwear at all sometimes in particular parts of the world, they, they might be walking on, on, the, on dry or dangerous ground, get ulcers in their feet, and, um, and sadly that can cause legs and, and feet to need to be amputated if they don't have help quickly. And so we want to, to do our best to find people quickly and to support them with those physical needs, um, but as well with the big emotional uh, needs that people with leprosy have because of discrimination. So, so Chris, you mentioned, you mentioned here in the UK, like we've not seen it, um, what, for 200 and odd years or so, I think you said. So, so in terms of um, how the, the countries where it is, is, are there underlying causes that um, affect people that make them more prevalent to the disease? Yes, that's right. Um, leprosy affects people who, um, in particular, have weak immune systems. Um, that tends to be because people have grown up in parts of the world um, where they, they haven't had the privilege of clean drinking water um, or they don't have good toilets. Um, because we've had those things in the UK for many years, uh, it's very difficult, if not impossible, for a native British person to catch leprosy. And so it's particularly sad that it's in parts of the world where people don't have those things, that they're more susceptible to the bacteria. So, well, look, Chris, we'll just we'll just take a short break um, for some music. We'll talk some more in in, in a moment, and uh, I think we could um, maybe explore some of the myths, shall we, about leprosy? Because um, I guess there are some out there. So we'll we'll uh, we'll talk some more in a moment. This is Inspire Radio, bringing you thought-provoking and inspirational guests from around the world. This 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 this, this is Inspire Radio. Everything begins with an idea. But how do you turn the idea into a brand? Brand to Markets Pick and Mix Brand and Marketing Solutions provide the services you need to help your business thrive at a cost that won't break the bank. For more information, visit brandtomarket.uk or call 07507 786 590. That's brandtomarket.uk or call 07507-786-590. Turn your idea into a brand with Brand to Market. This is Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. Uh, you're listening to Inspire Radio. We are online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just a reminder as well, you can download our free app uh, for Android phones from the Google Play Store. Uh, we're still working with Apple to get them on there. We'll get there eventually, but you can download it from the Google Play Store. Today, I'm talking to Chris from the uh, from the leprosy mission. And uh, Chris, you know, we were talking before the break about, um, you know, prevalent in the countries around the world. But what are some of the myths about leprosy? Because, you know, I can remember reading books when I was a young boy at school. Um, and, and people were putting, I think I'm right, in, in leprosy colonies to keep them away from people is that because they thought it could be transmitted by touch and things absolutely steve yes that's one of the big myths about leprosy that isn't true 
is that leprosy is passed by touch. Uh, it's a bacterial infection, so it's actually passed uh, through the air. It's an airborne disease from people coughing, sneezing, um, even sometimes talking loudly to people in the area near them. So it's not something that's passed on by touch. Um, people might remember um, that Princess Diana uh, went out and was really closely connected with the work of the leprosy mission and she used to touch people with leprosy and the tabloids in Britain were shocked by this at the time because they, they even then thought oh that you know why is she touching people with leprosy uh, to us actually it's really important to do that often people with leprosy have had um, poor well-being for a long time and it's important when they haven't received something as simple as a, a hug to be able to when we can put an arm around them or take them by the hand and, and give them that physical touch and so that's that's one big myth about leprosy is the way it's passed on. Secondly, there's the myth that leprosy is, is some kind of death sentence to people. And sadly, uh, people still believe that that is the case. They think it's highly contagious. And if you catch it, your your life really is, is over. Um, and so we work hard to help people understand that if you can have the cure for leprosy, then you have it early enough before you have any damage to your hands and feet. You can actually live a very and full life and have very good quality of life well, but sadly people often don't realize that um that there's that social side to leprosy as well um so for example to tell you a, a story um a young woman called Belshia, and um, when she went to the the doctor she had a real sense that a doctor was able to um, to see her leprosy and to understand her, her medical symptoms but what he he couldn't see um, was what she was feeling inside, her fears um, for the future, uh, her fears that um, how would she bring up her little girl because her husband sadly had, had left her when he heard she had leprosy because of the stigma. Um, and so that's why at the Leprosy Mission we work really hard to offer counselling for people um, who have leprosy because that, that emotional um, social impact is so huge as well. We want people to understand that leprosy is not a death sentence. It doesn't need to be that that social death almost that people face. It can be something that people can still live a, a wonderful life and um, despite having leprosy. Chris, and you mentioned before the break as well, you know, how um, it, that people, can, you, you know, people can no longer feel things. They, they go numb. So, yeah, I guess the work that you do is, we'll talk about this in a, a bit later as well, about educating people. But for those people that you've not met yet and, they've, and you know, you're doing a great job out there, are, are they aware that, say, they touch their arm and it's so, it's numb and they can't feel things? Are they aware of that without your education um, being told to them? Or do they just carry on? Sure, it really depends. Um, I mean, you would hope that someone would realise that if they can't feel pain in a part of their body, that there's something wrong. Um, but actually, that might be obvious to us because we've had education and we understand science relatively well from our, our studies at school. But for people that haven't had that, you're right to say that they might not realise there's a problem. They might just think, OK, no pain, no problem. And that means they might not come forward um, to, to show that they have lost pain in that part of the body. At other times, people might realise that loss of pain is a symptom of leprosy and knowing that they might choose to hide themselves and um, so for example one story we have of, of a young man called Ram who lived in Nepal and he spotted patches and um, 
that um, is a sign of leprosy if you've got patches of skin usually that are lighter than normal and you might start to realize those patches are anesthetic as well you, people don't feel pain there if you realize you've got those and you've seen leprosy before it can really fill people with with a sense of fear and your family at that point might do one of two things if, if you're fortunate they might say look you um this is leprosy you can stay in the house you can stay with us but you mustn't tell anyone because people are so terrified of what that would mean for their family in worst case scenarios, sadly, people are thrown out of their villages still today because of leprosy, because their families and friends are so fearful. And they think that um, if they get leprosy, that that will be, be the end for them. And so it depends. Sometimes it's an issue of education, but other times it's an issue to do with stigma. And that's why the education we do is partly about the truth about leprosy to help people understand it's a medical problem. This is not something that is highly contagious. It's not something that's a curse because sometimes traditional ideas or folklore in parts of the world where we work would say, would say that leprosy is a curse. And so we work so hard to, to tell people that's not true. We want people to go back to their villages with the medicine and say, look, I've had my life totally changed. Well, Chris, I know, uh, you, 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 you know, mentioned the stigma. I think, I think I'm right in saying, did you, we were, we were on a, a, a meeting call a few weeks ago, and I think I'm right. I remember a story about a, a young boy that um, had leprosy um, and his friends at school all wouldn't go near him or something, or he was, was he excluded from school until you help educate? That's right, yes. So that's the story of Kavanas from Sri Lanka. So he's 11 years old, and sadly when his school discovered that they had leprosy under pressure from the head teacher, they excluded him from school for a while, which meant he wasn't able to, um, to take his tests and to learn. And with the local authority, the leprosy mission worked together to, um, to say, look, this is completely unfair. And he had had treatment for his leprosy, but he wasn't a risk um, to the other children at all. And um, even so that we, we do try and help people understand that although leprosy is infectious, it's not contagious. So therefore, it, there is not a, a huge, as high risk as people fear there is with leprosy being passed on. Um, but the leprosy mission was able to go in to the school and to give lessons and to help the children and their parents understand that you don't need to fear leprosy and that Cavanus could be safely welcomed back into the school. Um, and in fact, the head teacher, um, because their feelings against leprosy were so strong, um, they said, well, either Cavanas can come back to the school um, and, um, and if, if that happens, I will leave or I can continue as your head teacher, but Kavanas can't come back. And actually the school and the, the authority supported Kavanas's side and actually the head teacher left, which of course is sad, but firstly shows that there is still so much stigma among people that you might think are, are teachers, you know, people who are relatively educated. Um, but in a sense, too, secondly, it was a, a victory uh, for people like Kavanas, people affected by leprosy and children who deserve to be treated well by their friends. It was such a tough time for, for Kavanas to, to feel at school that for a while no one would talk to him, no one would play with him. Um, very tough to think of how a child would feel for their self-esteem. And so what we, we long to do is to be able to educate well so that people know that they can, they can have really good well-being with leprosy. And we want people to, to be able to look forward to a, a future with hope, a future of being able to have good schooling 
and, um, and get a good job in the future. Great. Well, look, Chris, we'll take another break and, and then we'll talk about the, uh, the work that the Leprosy Mission does. And, uh, you know, we've talked about educating, but you do more than that. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a few moments time. Uh, you're listening to Inspire Radio. We are online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Check out our Facebook page, our global community page at Inspire Radio UK. With inspirational guests from across the world. This is Inspire Radio. Attention, please. We at Healthspan would like to tell you something that, quite possibly, you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements, from the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the Healthspan way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're Healthspan. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements, in-store or direct to your door. Inspire Radio. So welcome back. It, uh, it is Inspire Radio. Today I'm talking to Chris from the uh, Leprosy Mission and I'm learning so much already and uh, some of the myths that I held in my belief are disappearing as well. So Chris, we've touched on a fair few things already, but l- let's explore now. Tell me more about the work that the Leprosy Mission um, uh, does across the world. It's more than education, I guess. Absolutely, yes. Uh, one part of what we do is going out to physically find people affected by leprosy. And that's important because often leprosy causes people to stay hidden and not want to come forward because of fear. And so we have outreach groups and we will go out and we give the cure to people with leprosy. The cure we call multi-drug therapy. It's three medicines that work together like antibiotics that someone with leprosy can take. And it means that they can't pass leprosy on to anyone else. And also the leprosy in their own bodies will not cause any further damage in terms of the bacteria multiplying. Um, and usually it means that people can start to, um, to sometimes look less affected by their leprosy too. Um, if people have already lost pain and have damage to their hands and feet, of course, giving them the cure in itself can't take the clock back. It can't turn back the, the damage that's done. And that's why as well, secondly, we have hospitals for people affected by leprosy around the world. One thing that we do in those hospitals is to offer care for people with damaged hands and feet. If people have ulcers, they need to be washed and and dressed every day to keep them from getting infected. But thanks to modern medicine, we're also able to offer reconstructive surgery to people, which is so exciting. And the way that that works, you can remove tendons, believe it or not, from places like the back of the hand or from around the knee and put them into people's fingers. So when people's hands have got clawed, they can straighten them out again and be able to work. And that's so important to give people back their livelihoods. And thirdly, we do a lot of work too on sustainability. So for people affected by leprosy, often um, their livelihoods can be threatened because they live in parts of the world where um, they might not have learned much about nutrition. And they might rely on things like farming, but they might not have um, known or been taught well about how to maximize um, the crops that they've got. And of course, leprosy affects the immune system and it it impacts on people who already have weak immune systems. If we can build up nutrition in areas over time, thanks to clean drinking water and good production of healthy food and crops, we can make a huge difference to that. So, for example, one of our projects in Sri Lanka, that's all about farming 
and we have a chap there called uh, Reverend Joshua and he is um, a really good cook as well so he cooks up brilliant community meals full of healthy delicious food um, for local people affected by leprosy and they can come and have full stomachs and also learn the truth about leprosy and he uses drama to educate people um, about the myths of leprosy as well. Okay, lovely. How, how great is that? Cool. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry the, about my phone ringing. Let me... It's it's okay. No no problem. In in terms of the hospitals, then are are these the leprosy mission private hospitals, or are you in hospitals that are already there? Did you build the hospitals? Sure. Yes. So um, a lot of the hospitals are owned and run by the leprosy mission, um, which is is wonderful. We started off um, in uh, 1884 as a group of people just in their room chatting and saying, what can we do for people with leprosy? And from that point, they, they said, they pledged um, to raise 30 pounds, I think it was, for people with leprosy, which of course in those days was, was huge, mm-hmm. so that they could take that money out and make a difference to people in India. Um, and, and actually in the end, um, they raised far, far more than that, it was something like 500 pounds, which of course, again, in those days was huge. And that meant that they could go to India and build one of the first hospitals called Perulia Hospital um, in West Bengal. And so exciting to, um, to see that that hospital is still thriving today and still offering so much to people with leprosy. Um, and also people with other um, ailments can come to Perulia as outpatients and get support there too. Um, so it's great, we, we have wonderful staff um, who go above and beyond to care for people with leprosy and to offer things like reconstructive surgery. Uh, in other parts of the world, um, we do have things like clinics that we run as part of other government hospitals. So, for example, in Nigeria, we have the Chanchaga Orthopaedic Workshop, which is a bit of a mouthful, um, but that's a special workshop for people to come to um, when they need support with prosthetics. As I mentioned earlier, sadly, people with leprosy uh, need amputations of limbs because if infection spreads to the upper body and to the, the essential organs, um, that can be very serious. So sometimes in order to save people, we do need to amputate legs. And that means that um, people need prosthetics so that they can walk and go back to having a, a more normal life. And so there is, we have slightly different ways of working in different parts of the world. But um, but we do our best to have really good working relationships with, with governments in those countries. And we're, we're fortunate that they see our hospitals as, as great, safe places that are, are well run and trustworthy and that many people come to each day. So, so Chris, now this, this, this begs the question then now, really, you know, because I, I guess you must have lots of staff around the world and volunteers and things. So in terms of how do you fund all this? Because this, this is a mammoth, mammoth operation, or it sounds it. Absolutely, yes. Um, I mean, there are a range of ways that we, we do that. We do have a lot of support, actually, from individuals and from um, churches, from community groups who, over the years, um, have memories of, um, of the leprosy mission coming and speaking to them um, about the work, and therefore many people are really passionate about supporting um, this work regularly. And so actually a lot of it does come from people's kindness and, and donations. Um, but also we, we can benefit sometimes from uh, support from the government and um, things like UK Aid Match in the past, um, which is, is great. And that means that um, through UK Aid, the government doubles any gifts that people give. And so there are always things like um, 
grants, trusts as well. Um, but you're right, it is a mammoth task, um, but also something filled with hope because we each year we're able to, to support these projects and bring transformation. So how, how much as an organisation do you need to raise or, or is, is, yeah, how much? Sure. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's a bit how long is a piece of string because okay. we'd love to always <laughs> to be able to do more. Um, I mean, we, we tend to, to be able to send enough each year to the field for the work that we're doing at the moment. We make commitments to be able to send a certain amount um, and we're able to, to do that. Um, to give you an idea, uh, last year, we were able to send, um, well, I say send, it's not quite the right, the right word because it's all, we, we do it all through our local partners with the leprosy mission. Um, but we're able to support with um, £6 million um, from the leprosy mission in England and Wales, which is, was brilliant to be able to support those projects that we work in. But of course, um, we'd always love to be able to do so much more for people with leprosy. Um, there are 10 million people, as I said, that we know of with leprosy. And, um, to be able to reach out to them, we'd love to see um, an end to leprosy. I'd love to see that in my lifetime, um, if possible. And it's at the moment 203,000 people last year newly diagnosed. The numbers aren't really going down each year. Um, so we, we really want to, um, to make the best difference we can. We always say it costs £24 to cure someone of leprosy, um, which to some people might not sound like a huge amount to make such a change for someone's well-being well, and chris so you know your your role you're based in the uk but your your role obviously is to raise awareness and and, and raise some money as well so uh, how do you go about doing that do you, do you do talks to groups and things absolutely yes i tend to go out and speak to a range of different community groups and things like rotaries and fellowship groups i often speak out and about on on sundays um, as you probably tell with a name like the Leprosy Mission, um, we're a group uh, founded by Christians. And so uh, we, um, we have lots of connections with churches, which is lovely. So I, I often speak there. But yes, if anyone is a member of any, any kind of group and you'd like a speaker, <laughs> whether that is um, on Zoom at the moment, then I'm always delighted to, to be able to raise awareness of leprosy. And, and I guess in a way, Zoom's opened or potentially can open many new doors for you, really. Exactly. Yes. Um, although it has challenges of not meeting people in person. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to speak to people the other side of the world um, that we wouldn't have necessarily thought about doing regularly until um, sometimes a crisis brings things into a clearer picture of what you're able to do with technology. So, so Chris, if, if people want to find out more about you and uh, how they can get in touch with you, how can they do that? Sure. Thanks, Steve. Uh, firstly, people can find out more about leprosy by going onto our website, leprosymission.org.uk. That's leprosymission.org.uk. You can find all kinds of information there about what we do and more about leprosy. I'd love to hear from you too if you have any questions and would like to speak to me more about the work we do. You can phone me on 07940-720-826. That's 07940-720-826. Or you can email me on chris s at tlmew.org.uk that's c-h-r-i-s-s at t-l-m-e-w that's the first letter of the leprosy mission england wales dot org dot uk it'll be really lovely to hear from you brilliant thank you so much for joining me today chris and uh, 
as I always say, whatever you're doing for the rest of the day, have the best day you possibly can. Thank you. You too. Time for another inspirational quote from Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. Hi, this is Steve Gamlin from the Motivational Firewood Hour. I'd like to share one of my favorite motivational quotes. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou. Thanks for listening to Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. This, 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 this is Inspire Radio. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to join us as a guest on Inspire Radio. Maybe you'd like to feature on our Inspire Radio directory. If you would and you'd like to get in touch, then simply enter your details on the contact page at inspireradio.co.uk. Remember to give our Facebook page a like as well, at Inspire Radio UK. And once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Inspire Radio. And have the best day you possibly can. Be happy, be inspired. The Inspire Radio podcast is produced and presented by the team at Inspire Radio. Copyright applies. For more information about Inspire Radio, visit inspireradio.co.uk or if you'd like to download our free app for the Android phone, just go to your Google Play Store and search for Inspire Radio. With feel-good music by day, relaxing music by night, this is Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired.